and welcome back to another episode of the Dawn of X podcast. I am your host, Nick, accompanied by the lovely. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Josh. Thank you for showing up for our little podcast today. Yeah. And this an is- ASMR podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is the podcast where we review the current run of X-Men, mainly handled by Jonathan Hickman. <laughs> yes. And this is what we have two whole books not written by hickman this time yes look at us go (laughs) but before we get to that i know what a lazy guy but before we get to that man uh you got up to something cool this weekend man what were you up to i did i went to the ranger stop power ranger convention ranger stop yeah uh basically it's a it's a smaller convention which uh, yeah, it's a really cool vibe because you see a lot of people every year and like it's kind of like the quick friends you make at a con. And oh, it's true, like, yeah. Intimate feel. And like the Rangers you grew up with watching on TV, they're a lot more intimate and can like, hey, what's up, buddy? I'll talk to you for a long time. And you just kind of chill with Power Rangers, which is pretty cool. That is awesome. That's really cool. But the uh, funny side is I know a lot of people behind the scenes of the convention. Oh, yeah. But I get to get to the uh, after parties. <laughs> Uh, seeing childhood heroes get drunk is uh, real fun. Yeah, never meet your heroes, right? Yeah, uh, no, not bad. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite Rangers growing up, he got drunk and played Cards Against Humanity with us. Oh, cool. That's fun. And I made a Power Ranger joke when he made a bad, uh, he, play, he played a stupid card and he just said, fuck you. And then we started laughing. So that was cool. <laughs> Uh, That's awesome. I, I, I got to watch another one get completely shit faced. I will not name who. No, no, and I'm not gonna ask. He's one of the Rangers from New Zealand. They had a bunch of New Zealand Rangers come to America for the first time, and uh, he got a Kiwi Rangers. Yeah, he tried moonshine for the first time. Okay. Yeah. How'd that go for moonshine. How'd that go? For uh, he puked, almost puked, and he was saying a lot of interesting things the rest of the night oh no and then there was one ranger asking people for coke so <laughs> a cola yeah a coca-cola yeah obviously <laughs> uh for anyone there he was the more hyped up one uh uh-huh. i can see why <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it makes a lot more sense when i got to the party so <laughs> we had a we had a really really fun time we met cool. a lot of people shout out to uh Jimmy and Billy, they were really cool. Sorry, Jeff. Jeff and Billy were really cool. And uh, if Jimmy, if you're listening, you got to earn that shout out next time, bud. <laughs> really, really cool people I got to meet there. And uh, going to a convention, the same place you're staying, the hotel you're staying at. Is Nothing like, compares, man. You know, when it got a little slow, I went back to my room. Exactly, like, man. Nothing... <laughs> Nothing is better, and and no offense to those who cannot book at the same same location. We know how we know how these things work, but for those of you that can book a convention connected to the hotel, you guys are the real heroes, not these yeah. these goddamn X Men. <laughs> so that's Power Ranger talk. Uh, that's, that's your Ranger. That's your Ranger corner. Your Ranger man. If you care about Power Rangers, I have a. YouTube I already I already did the song. You, you can't you can't promote it now. Then. It's too late. Now it's the it. black the black ranger review on YouTube. So if you actually care about that kind of stuff, you're more then welcome. You should you should caring yeah. about Power Rangers? It's fun. Is man. caring it's about fun. humanity. You know what? The comic book is really really good. I have with it. It's really good. Let's start this whole thing out with a hard hitting question for you, my friend. From Go me, your friend. 
right. Um, favorite superhero team, the Power Rangers or X Men? X Men. I still go X Men. All right, good. Then you're on the right podcast. I thought, <laughs> I thought that was it, man. We couldn't even make it through three episodes. <laughs> we got to so break back up. to X Men. <laughs> All right. So speaking of X Men, we do have some X Men news. Yes. Looks like, from what I can tell, and I don't know if maybe you've seen other other things, but it looks like it's just affecting the main X-Men title, but they're pushing back the release date for four through six, it looks like. So yes. that's weird. I think they're doing some changes art-wise or to the story I think I've seen as well. But the good news for us, now there's not going to be a time, as far as I can see, where all six books come out at the same day. That'll be fucked up. <laughs> That'll be just flat out not cool. So... You know, I'll give them I'll give them some leniency because they did twelve mega issues for twelve weeks in a row. Yes, I mean they were on that on time, every single time. Yeah, so like, I, I, this is, I'm personally fine with this. We're I'm still it's yeah. almost a weekly amount of X Men content anyway, which like is what we need, but also probably more than we can handle. <laughs> yes, so issues emotionally four to six. and productively. <laughs> Well, so, yeah, so those are all issues. Back. I look at the issues we're reading right now, and knowing two of them, why I, re- I didn't realize two of these books come out on the same day. I didn't realize New Mutants and X Force were on the same day. I know. For yeah, some I, reason, X Force wasn't on my subscribe list. I don't know why. It was weird. Oh, maybe it was a uh, foreshadowing. Oh no, <laughs> we'll get to that. I guess. Oh no, that not X Force. I liked X Force. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. This is going to be a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, all right. So unique situation. We both didn't like one book. We both liked one book, and then we have opposite opinions on the last. Mm-hmm. One. Yeah, right. that'd cool, be cool. Cool, cool. So let's get into it then. Yeah, let's jump uh, into the reviews. Excalibur number one. Yep. Wait, yes. that was by what, Teeny Howard and Marcus Toe. Yes. Or Tao? Not sure uh, exactly the pronunciation. I have mixed feelings on Teeny Howard. I she's hit and miss to me. Sure. I think this. Might technically be the first book I've read by hers. I'm not sure. What else has she done? I want to say it was the main book for female Hawkeye. She did. Oh no, no, okay. it was um, uh, maybe her also, but it was the uh, character from Shield, uh, Moon something, or oh, Hawk- I've, Mockingbird. Mockingbird. Yes. Oh, I've been wanting to read the Mockingbird series. I was gonna pick it up, and then I saw it got like canceled. Yeah, canceled. Early. Yeah. I'm pretty so. sure that was her. Oh, cool. Well, I've yeah. I've heard good things about that book, though. Could be wrong. Uh, but <laughs> this book, uh, I did not love. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I've read all these books twice. Um, and this one I had the hardest change on where I went from being like, wow, I really, I don't, I didn't like this book at all. And then I read it a second time. And I was like, oh, okay, I think I just missed a couple of these things. Like, I think maybe when I read, I missed a few passages or panels. I'm like, oh, okay, this, I like this one a little bit more now. It's still yeah. not my favorite of the week by, by a mile or even my favorite of, of the launch. But it, I give it more than a meh at this point, which is what I gave it like a week it's, ago. So far, to me, it reads as the most unimportant book. So yeah, but it has the potential of, okay, well, there's these mysterious gateways now. You know, like there's a lot of like, Still, like, I think important stuff that can matter. But, yes, it does feel – it definitely feels like the most separate of the stories. Like, does anybody else know what's going on on this side of Krakoa? Because these people are yeah uh, magic. And it seems like that's not a big deal anywhere else. So let's get into it then. This book starts off with uh, Morgan Le Fay in yes. her, her dimension, I guess. Yeah, just the, the land of Camelot. So they're, like, in, in Avalon, I think, is the, the part that they're at. 
no, which right. is where Captain Britain gets his powers. Like he's yes. historically been the the protector of that realm. Which is where you might know more than I do, because a lot of his book to me this was the most new reader unfriendly. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like if you, you have, know the yeah. history, yeah, and I was never a huge Excalibur reader. I had to do a lot of like I did a lot of like summary readings up to this book just to because I had a feeling you know they might tie in given that how like continuity level Excalibur is. Yeah. So that's basically I mean I read some Excalibur because that's where that's where Kitty Pride and Nightcrawler was were and um but no it was never one of my favorites growing up. Um I honestly I didn't even I didn't know that Psylocke was the sister of Captain Britain until yes. X Force run by Rick Remander when they brought that into play. Yeah, yeah. It's not something that I recall ever being one of the big families, if you will, of, yeah. of Marvel. And maybe they changed that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, they probably might have changed that when we, by the time we really got into comics in the 90s, because yeah. they didn't care about Captain Britain there. They cared about sex appeal of Psylocke. You know, <laughs> so it's like, uh, obviously, who, yeah. Who cares about her, her backstory? Let's just put her in these awkward poses <laughs> a bunch of times and, and kids like us will buy the books. Well, it, this starts off with Morgan Le Fay realizing there's a gateway to her dimension, and yes. she's not about it. Hmm? No, she's, she's not, not happy about this situation. About at all, no. But then, this is where I'm getting kind of confused about chronological order of things, because okay. then we to Psylocke being invited to go to Krakoa. Yes, which feels like it's still that night of party. That, the one that House of X six ended on is how I feel. That's what I was wondering because right? like okay. all these things happen for the past few months for mutants and Psylocke of all characters is now going to the Yeah. Island. This definitely feels to me like it started this ep- this issue started later than some of the other or I mean earlier continuity wise than some of the other issues did. Well then okay, because I think it had to happen after the book because of the way apocalypse is. Apocalypse after which book? book? Well, you know, because uh, Apoc- House of X. Yeah, so this is this is so House of X ends with all of the, you know the Quiet Council being formed, all the rules being formed. Apocalypse yeah. is there for that. The book ends with them having that big party at Krakoa, and Xavier Magneto being like, "Look at what we've created." That's how House of X ends. I think this picks up yeah. that night. Okay, maybe, yeah. It seems that. like she's there for the big party. But then again, maybe not, because at some point, um, uh, Gold Balls, who wants to be called Eggs now. Um, eggs, yes, we get that reveal. <laughs> or just Egg, I can't remember. Um, egg or Eggs, yeah. He, he brings her over, because at the hatchery, no, I guess they had, the hatchery's already been established. Yeah, established, I, I still, yeah. yeah, I still feel like this is probably the the very the very same scenes, almost, as the end of House of X um, 6. So I do like when Psylocke actually gets there. She's a little like timid, like, oh, hi, yeah. everyone. Get, yeah, like, given, what's her, going on? given her rocky past with everyone there. Yeah, I, I can understand. Yeah. And then she sees Apocalypse, who says, don't call me that. He prefers to be called, I don't know what it says. Let's just say A. a. I think we'll just say A for the podcast yeah. to respect what, uh, what Apocalypse wants to be called. True, man. Uh, we have little moments leading up where um, she sees Gambit and she sees Jubilee and she sees Rogue. But Apocalypse is testing out a new portal made by Krakoa. And he's realizing he can't get through it. 
And Apocalypse, all right, Apocalypse never seemed that mystical to me. He always seemed like his magic was just science. And yeah, and, and I think a lot of this issue he he makes point of magic is just what you call science now. So I think yeah. for him it, it all it is all one and the same. Technology, magic, science, mystical arts, all that shit goes goes hand in hand for him. Because how he's, dressed, him. he's basically dressed like a wizard right now. He is wizard apocalypse, yes. Basically, essentially. So I love yeah. his new outfit. It's cool. Yeah, it is cool. I like it's like it's like real drapey and stuff. I like it. Uh, he's showing which which. No. Uh, he's showing the he's showing a mutant the portal and how it's not opening for him and they're trying to figure out why it's not opening. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to a bunch of kids doing magic. Yeah, that was a a hard transition for me, yeah. but it was made a little better, I guess, in the epilogue. But this this is the part of the story where I start getting pulled out. Like they start doing all this like real deep magic shit, which is not something I know a ton about. And I know a lot about it in the DC universe, but yes. in the universe, it's very different. So like they start doing all the magic. I don't know who any of those characters are. I only no. really know Morgan Le Fay from like early British literature classes. Like I know her because she was a bad guy against Dr. Doom sometimes. And like she was in some Avengers books. Sure. I, I just I just know that she had a role in the King Arthur stories, you know, like I I, yeah. I didn't know she was a Marvel character until today. <laughs> um we so. see we see his kids summon her and basically she says hey, I don't know, you know, they were they were fighting off like these spirits. It what looked like an opening of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They look like they're in a school fighting yes. off these ghosts. And then she, like, they have a hard time doing anything, and she comes to them, and she says, all of your magic is derived from me. I need your help, or, like, basically, if you don't do what I want, you're never going to get your magic powers back. But, like, they worship her pretty fast. That's why oh, I thought yeah. summoning ish, like, this is I think they, no, I think they know that, oh, shit, no, she's, uh, she's the queen, you know, like, she is, like, the ruler of the magic realm where they get their powers from. All right, that's fair. Um, so they kind of listen to her, like, hey, you have to figure out what's taking my magic or else. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. But also, it's kind of weird on Morgan Le Fay, like, hey, you four children. Yeah. Here was the yeah, you, <laughs> I mean, they must have, I mean, they must have to be, re- like, related to whatever, like, branch of magic she's a part of. Because they call themselves the Coven of Solar Blackwood or something. So Yeah. They, no idea what that means. I don't know what it means either. But I, I'm going to go ahead and guess based on how it ends. The, like the very epilogue of the book, I'm going to guess yeah. that they were on her team and now one of them is not on her team. <laughs> so then we have back to Psylocke on Krakoa. Betsy, I think we're going to have to, given what's going to happen, I think, in Fallen Angel, we're going to have to get used to calling her Betsy because that's Psylocke true. is going to be yeah. a completely different character now there. Yeah, that, that's fair. Uh, so Betsy she also gets mad at people Jubilee. who call her Psylocke. Okay, is that a new? Because they are. I think a thing where mutants don't feel like they need a mutant name because they're their own people. Like you know what I mean? Her, yeah, for hers, it's it's because when she was Psylocke, she was inhabiting the body of somebody else. Like her consciousness was in somebody else's body. So like I think this is fallout from that. I think they're like starting to explore the the ramifications and trauma that would come with her feeling. It like took them. It took them thirty years. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> it took them a very long time because they were primarily a bad corporation. <laughs> didn't care well, about people and only wanted to sell books based on sex appeal. But you have this. We also have the whole thing with Kitty. Yeah, no, and and but that's the se- the next thing I was gonna say. So yeah, for her it's different. But yeah, her people like Kitty Apocalypse. Who else has changed names recently? I feel like there was another person. There's one more, but I can't think of them right now. Someone yeah. else. Oh, Egg. We were just on Goldball. Yeah, wants, Egg, wants a yeah. new name too. There is which actually, makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's another another big person we're we're leaving out. But anyway, I that might be a new thing of oh we can start fresh here. We we have. Krakoa's Paradise, we're born again. I'm going to take a different name now, maybe. Sure, yeah. So she sees Egg and basically is like, hey, I got something to show you. <laughs> now, maybe you can help me. I don't nope. know the nope. of her other brother. No, I, neither of us I don't know. really know anything. X, other X fans can feel free to tell us the history on Twitter if they want. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, so <laughs> they go to the hat. This is why it's not called way. Nick and Josh are experts. <laughs> yes, that is fair. Um, so they go to the hatchery and she sees her long dead brother, apparently, whose name is Jamie, I believe. Yeah, Jamie. I did, I do immediately like this character, though. Oh, yeah, this I thought was hilarious. This guy was funny, yeah. Clearly, he's a really bad dude, but (laughs) but now he seems like he's trying to reform a little bit. (laughs) Well, it brings in a lot of fun questions because. You have Egg, who's really pissed off that he's not leaving. He's like, hey, you're contaminated. I, yeah, um, I, need, I need this. <laughs> you need to leave. <laughs> but he said some interesting stuff that I thought brings up a lot more fun questions. Where she's like, well, we need to tell our brother that you're alive. And he's like, I don't really care. I don't mm-hmm. have to. I don't yeah, have I, to liked, do anything. <laughs> I liked his his thing about, you know, I the mutant, the a lot of bad things happen to me in the human world. Like, why would I want to go back there? Like, I'm on mutant world now. That felt like the most real character moment for a mm-hmm. character. About after that, we do have a lot of um, Betsy and her brother kind of arguing about the situation. And Apocalypse is like, "Hey, this energy is coming from this world. I'm pretty sure your brother has power from this yeah. world. Mm-hmm. You want to help out with this shit, basically." Uh, she's obviously kind of like uneasy about it because that's Apocalypse. I don't want to help you with anything. Mm-hmm. Yes. So- was a, it's gonna be a fun dynamic for everyone and we'll get to another moment i really liked it in this but afterwards she goes back home in england sees captain britain he's like hey i'm going to the other dimension to see what's going on and uh she uses krakoan technology to make a new costume yeah so now they have that that was a fun little it's bit one one other piece of themselves they've given over to krakoa like they've yeah, taken to Krakoa the way we all took to like Facebook and Google. Like, oh, let's just give them everything <laughs> we have. Yeah, worrying, of course. They go to the other dimension and then they see Morgan Le Fay waiting for them. She attacks Captain Britain. Next page, we're with Rogue and Gambit. Now, do you want to take this one? I, I remember you posted something about Twitter on this with Rogue and Gambit. Uh, yeah, so there's a couple things here. The first thing with Rogue and Gambit, thank you for opening up the Rogue and Gambit corner of our podcast. Um, <laughs> the first thing I noticed was like how she was like, "Oh, don't get your don't get your hopes up about tonight," like implying like, "Nah, we we ain't we ain't having sex tonight, Remy." And it was all about like she doesn't want to wear her her power dampening 
uh, collar there on on Krakoa because she's in paradise now. But at the end of their last book, which was Mr. and Mrs. X, which is one of my favorite X books in a while, um, she kind of learned how to control her power. Like she wasn't perfect with it, but she kind of learned yeah. how to control her power. And now all of a sudden she doesn't know again. So I don't, again, if somewhere between Not the end really, of Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. X, she died and was brought, brought back as an earlier model, I don't know. But <laughs> it felt a little weird. And then uh, the other thing, I think the the tweet in question was, when she refers to what do you think about that that mutant rule of making more making more mutants i i don't know i don't know how i feel about the idea of them procreating like one part of me is like it brings that would be amazing a dangerous question it brings a dangerous question. and then there's that like kids yeah if she can't especially now she can't control her powers again like that ain't gonna go well but like Like if you're touching her yeah mm -hmm. so like i don't know like i'm not a huge fan of babies in general no babies in fiction <laughs> but i'm also a big sucker for this couple so like a little a little rogue and gambit baby would be pretty awesome too so well it concerns me when you do that when you bring up the idea in a magic related book yes and then i'm like oh then we got a rose yeah, so where are you gonna go with huh? that so then uh for some reason Apo- oh yeah apocalypse picks them because they were the last ones to see no, Betsy? so they he wanted Rogue because nobody wants Gambit. They want Rogue, and you get Gambit sure. with her. Yeah, and yeah. then you have to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do with a Gambit. <laughs> what are we going to do with this fucking extra Remy we got? Um, <laughs> he wanted Rogue because of her powers. He figured if she touched the the portal, which is living, she would drain some of its powers, and he could psychically get through the the gate. Oh yeah, he wanted Jubilee because she was the last one to see. Jubilee was the last one to see to see Betsy. Yeah. Okay, and I did like this little moment between like, uh, Apocalypse and um, Gambit because yeah. like, if you're wrong, I'll kill you. And he's like, uh, try. Would love to see you try. Would love. <laughs> and to see if you try. do, I'll just. And if back. you do, I'll just go back. Yeah. He, <laughs> like, did he say it. that? He's like, that's pointless or something like that, or like that's oh redundant. God, like, yeah. <laughs> but the other side of that, that like. I even purposely forget because it, it was awful story choice, but um, Gambit was at one point a horseman of apocalypse. Like true, yes. So like I, I can understand why why good old Remy would be like, I'm not fucking trusting this dude. There's a reason there wasn't a panel during that party scene where Angel hands Apocalypse a beer. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's a friendship that's gonna take a lot longer to form. <laughs> uh, then we, yeah, we haven't back. seen Angel in a while. Where the hell That's is, true. Where is Angel? Uh, we cut back to the fight between Morgan Le Fay and her minions fighting Captain Britain and Betsy. Uh, of course, they, this is where I think the book lands in the cliche territory. Like, it's a cool idea, but it's very cliche. It happens too soon, where Morgan Le Fay basically puts this black goo all over Captain Britain and makes him a servant of hers. And, like, it's the most obvious choice. The evil well, witch brainwashed the good guy. Yeah, it's also, but it's cliche in these magic books, especially because of like the power of an oath. Like he could not disobey her because she was the queen of the area that he swore an oath to. Like there's other parts where like she calls him forth by his name or somebody is is forced to to respond because you know their name. It's another big thing in magic of the power of a name being able to like control a spirit or or ward off an area because you know its name. Like sure. Yeah. I feel like that's why it's cliche though. Like it, it felt weird. It was like yeah. Eh. Also because the story wasn't the best, but 
Exactly. So when we get to where it gets really weird, as Rogue is touching the gateway, we see that Captain Britain has a little bit of control, still is trying to fight it. Yeah, he's still in there, yeah. Yeah, he lets Betsy get away <laughs> by using a psychic sword to break through the shield. And when that happens, uh, Rogue is hit by the energy blast and gets wrapped by the vines. Yeah, so Kr- I think Krakoa tries to protect her? Or is, is still, or she did drain Krakoa's powers. So maybe that's why she's wrapped in vines because it's actually her. Like she's got Krakoa powers now. Well, we'll get to Krakoa powers in another book soon. But yeah, interesting. But this, if, again, it felt really out of place in an X Men book. It yeah, weird, if this one felt. Fun way. Would, which again is kind of what Excalibur always was, was like the outsider of the X-Men book. Like this one definitely didn't feel connected. I mean, it was good to see some of my favorite characters, but I told like, I, it wasn't my favorite story. And I don't like, I I don't like like Rogue and Gambit, especially being in a, in a um, magic book. It it doesn't make sense to me. Like they, feel, they make, I mean, Mary, maybe whatever they do with this sure, thing, maybe I, yeah. one issue I'm sure to get, it'll get interesting, <laughs> but like I've always said, I would much rather than be on the Marauders. They are much fun. They'd be much better there. Like they're, especially they're, Ro- um, Gambit. I think yeah, yeah would fit in perfectly mm-hmm. on that book. So then Psylocke escapes by grabbing Captain Britain's necklace and Captain Britain, obviously, being slightly in control lets her get away. Yeah, because that's where the power comes from is that amulet. Yeah. And this I do like the costume change. So she breaks oh, through cool, yeah. and has her own captain. Maybe she is technically the new captain. I think Britain. I think the that amulet makes her the new Captain Burton. And um she's kind of like, what the hell's going on with Rogue? Yeah, I like and that her Gam- first. Gambit, <laughs> Gambit has a punch apocalypse. Yeah, and that yeah, doesn't not go working well. out. <laughs> And after that, do you want to say anything before the epilogue? Um, no, the only the only other part I, I noted there was I do like that as Captain Britain and just Betsy herself too. How like her first thing when she shows up is, "What's wrong with Rogue? Like, how can we yeah. help Rogue?" You know, I thought that was pretty nice. Now, in the epilogue, one of the kids from the first group in the beginning, you see her running in a temple, maybe. Yeah, so she guys out and she, she- goes different temple yeah so she murdered so i i didn't realize it until the second reading she murdered her the people that she was with that's her old coven she oh left, yeah yeah i see that she, yeah. yeah she left that coven to join this new one which okay I, again i don't know much about you might know I, more about i looked this up so this coven this new coven Runaways? no is the cult that worships apocalypse oh really yeah so i don't really know exactly I don't know the history of them. I don't know if they have had some falling out with Apocalypse over the past year, couple years or whatever. But this was for like humans. That seems dangerous for humans yeah, and yeah. So this is this is a group. This is a cult that worships Apocalypse. So how they're going to play into this seems interesting. Are they going to be on Apocalypse's side as he tries to do counter magic, or are they like turning on Apocalypse because he's gone soft in Krakoa or something? You know, like I don't know. Interesting. So that is um, that's Excalibur. As you can tell, not super psyched. Nah, I give it a solid three three stars. Like it's a middle of the road book. It's, it's yeah, okay. That's fair. 
Uh, I might have to go to two stars just because it took me a while to get through the first. It did. It took me like a day and a half to read this book. But in it, yeah. in its defense, more than anything, I also kept picking it up pretty late at night, so I get pretty sleepy reading. Reading it, well, you so. know how early I get my books. Yeah, and yeah, you've had uh, so, yours a day early. <laughs> what? Uh, so, next book is something I, we both loved. This. I, so I was thinking the next episode will be the one where we finally have all of the all of the Dawn of X books out. We should do a segment there where we rank all of them. Definitely, yeah. But this one, as a spoiler, I think is my favorite. I don't know, man. Like it's this is such a good book. This is such a good first. I'd say issue. a tie for me, but very yeah. good. Yes. Oh my god, I love this book. I have so many notes this, on this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's so many by Hickman and yes, it's written by Hickman and co-written by Ed. Ed Brisson. he's very good he's he, i love ed Brisson. old man the later old man yeah. logan old man hawkeye and old man quill yeah he did some really good stuff for x-men books beforehand mm-hmm. yeah I, I like this guy a lot and then the art is is rod race or Riaz. i'm not again sure on the pronunciation but I which want is it. becoming like a nice homage almost oh my god the art in this Zinsky? book yeah this uh, the art the way he draws those circles the little emotive like um abstract things around them like such like a great homage to to bill um oh my god i just blanked this is key, right this is uh, no sinkevich there it is <laughs> bill sinkevich there we go <laughs> i was like no i can't get it out got there. <laughs> um bill sinkevich's art from new mutants was was beautiful and abstract and crazy and what what the artist in this book is doing is is very similar, but also so uniquely their own, and it's perfect. I'd like this. The art in this book really brought out the emotion in the story too, because not only did you have all these characters kind of reuniting for the first time in a long time in one book, but the art that they used was very reminiscent of when they all first met too. So like that felt very very like powerful and added Definitely. so immensely to the story. And this book opens up with a mutant who's been dead, waking up in the pod, being welcomed by Xavier and Storm. Uh, this mutant is, question mark? Rain Sinclair. We have Wolfbane coming back. Wolfbane. Okay, that's, that's what I thought. All right. Yeah. Yes. So Rain, opening with Rain coming back made me so freaking happy. Like, yeah. her death in the last Uncanny run was basically done off panel it was done so poorly. Like even like yeah. they like it was so disgusting to treat her that way. Like she's such a fan favorite and one of like the sweetest characters they have too. Like she's just like a nice person, and to uh, do that like uh, oh, so having a book open with her and then giving her that moment to be like, no, I don't want to talk about any of this. I just want to sit here and I feel at peace for the first time in forever. Yeah. After I being didn't realize how emotional word, I was going to yeah. get about this. <laughs> This whole book and is it was fantastic. very emotional. And so yeah, then, Rain, Rain coming back was, was great. I loved it. Very good. And uh, she's kind of talked to by, was it Mirage? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mirage comes to say, how you doing? They're kind of thinking about life almost like it's peaceful. Things are cool. Like, I like this. And then we cut to one of the, I don't know this character personally. Um, the Where one who's touching here, I, I got to open it because I, I feel like maybe I know a little bit more about New Mutants than you. Probably. All right. So where are we at? So Mondo. Mondo, Mondo. Yeah. Gen X. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so from yeah, Gen X. Okay. Yeah. Mondo is from that. Gen X. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Mondo is touching the earth, the Krakoa surface. Yes. Because basically, like, hey, I want to see if I can talk to the planet, or to the land through you. Yes, because that's part of his mutant was power. weird. I thought it was kind of weird because, like, is he already talking to him? Yeah, he already has that that language with him. I think he's maybe Doug is trying to find somebody else who can do it, so it's not all on him or something, or like he's just exploring other ways to communicate. Well, this is where it gets dangerous when. Oh uh, my god! Work, <laughs> but he takes over his body completely. So, yeah, Krakoa basically possesses poor Mondo, and I love when when Cipher is like, "Well, I'm never gonna sleep again." <laughs> and uh when he was explaining to where Mondo is, he's just like in this black void. Oh, I know, like, poor Mondo. <laughs> like over, it's kind of like um, Get Out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is that is that's great. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Yeah. So then he's kind of like, well, that worked, but not exactly the way I wanted it yeah. to work. And, and Mondo's like, like, I'll kill you. Mondo's like, we're <laughs> never do that, doing that again. again. Yeah, we are never. Like, doing that's that not again. that's not a cool thing. Which yeah, thing is going to happen again? Yeah. So it, it's one of the first examples we have in the these next couple books of uh the darker side of Krakoa, if you will. Well now that I'm thinking about it, in every book so far, and these ne- these next three books we've read, they all mm-hmm. have some kind of aspect of Krakoa connecting to one of the mutants. Yeah. Affecting and, them physically. Yeah. And kind of like Krakoa doing things that they don't understand why it's doing like in the last book like why is Krakoa just reaching out on its own to other places we yeah. didn't tell it to do that and now well, with that's, this, a, that's like, this book no when Krakoa reached out to um Camelot I meant oh yeah like sure, yeah. no one knows why it was doing that so yeah I every, that's kind of the thing in each one of these is, is Krakoa's starting to do some shit on its own so then we cut to another part of Kokoa where I love this this next few panels because oh it's, my god these next pages are just, just they're at peace the yeah. younger generation is just at peace it's Sunspot and uh, Moonstone right Moonstone Danny Moonstone yeah yeah so Moonstone and Sunspot are kind of walking around looking at everything and we see all these great new mutants and Gen X characters just enjoying mm-hmm. time but it's also like getting the band back together. So yeah, her yes. and magic, and it's kind of like, well, we need, we're missing someone. We're missing a friend. Yes. We realize that we're missing Cannonball. And I like how both Danny and, and Bobby were on the same page there, where they're like, oh, man, isn't this great? You know what would make this better? Sam, Sam. Let's go get Sam. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, just, they're such a family. Like, more so than than a lot of the other X books, because I guess they, you know, I, I would assume because they actually grew up together. Like, yeah. The closest you have is that first core of X-Men. And I think... Well, I can these... explain uh, this for you. What, why Sam's in space. I can explain that for you very well. I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Because I think I know some, but it's probably good if we do that backstory. It was actually during Hickman's run of Avengers. Mm, okay. During the book called Avengers World, he had Cannonball and the new human smasher fall in love. Oh. And they actually had a baby together in that oh. book. Well, that makes sense. I personally assume that's all not canon anymore, but apparently the guy who wrote it said, yeah, it is. It's still canon. Yeah. I mean, clearly he's in space. Yeah. So he it's chose... funny. Do they know that he has a family in space? I don't know if they know it. Sun... They're Actually, like... They should. They should know. Because Sunspot like... was there when the baby was born. True. So they're like, oh, let's go get him. He he should live here. It's like, well, homie made a choice, dude. <laughs> like... Yeah. 
Like he's because, not being held against his will in space, man. Because if you're if you're part of the Shi'ar Imperial Guard, you're forced to live there. And oh, I, have, is he is he Imperial Guard now, Sam? No, but his wife is. Smasher. Oh, Smasher. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I get it now. Oh, yeah. then yes, I see where he's coming from. That makes much more because sense. Because Sunspot and Cannonball were part of the team during Hickman's Avengers yeah. run. So that makes sense now, because now he'd be like, well, at least we can get him some flour and he can come back and forth. Yeah. At least, at the very least. Okay, that makes more sense now. So that's why and where he is. And I do love the connection between the books because we meet the Star Jammers again. And immediately Corsair is like, I'm only doing this because my son asked me to. Yeah. (laughs) My son's dumb teenage friends need a ride to space. And you know what? This book makes me want a Star Jammers book. Yeah, I, I'd like us to wait a little bit before we get there. But yeah, man, they would be Oh, no, cool no, not, not for the podcast. They're yeah. not mutants. We're not counting that. I'm just... <laughs> That's true. That is not on us. Let's, let's throw down that line. Um, so they're kind of giving them a little bit of shade. Like, yeah, we'll take you there since we're already going there. Yeah, but we're going to do pirate stuff in between. Yeah. They, uh, like I said the last time we met them, they are the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, and they are the Guardians a, of the Galaxy that we know in the movies don't actually act like that in the original. No. The Star Jammers do, though. <laughs> yes. Uh, so then we cut to Mondo and Cipher trying to plant uh, the ship's garden, and this is where we get a few more questionable things, because one of the members of Star Jammers, whose name I can't remember, the fish-looking one, Choad, I think, or something like Choad, something like that. He explains that like energy is being siphoned from his garden to make a plant and that's not normal essentially. yeah yeah and they're like oh i i didn't know it did that like i didn't realize it was it was pulling back all the time and affecting other fauna around it so this is my theory where this little could be a hint to something much bigger is krakoa siphoning energy from earth the bigger it gets the more crowded it gets probably it's taking resources for itself away from other places on earth could be. Yeah. I mean, I, I've also started wondering, like, at this scene, especially when it's like, oh, it's killing my homeworld plants or it's killing some of my other crops. I thought to myself, all those drugs that they're giving out to everybody in the world made out of Krakoan plants. I wonder what they're doing to people. <laughs> That's true. I was thinking, like, is Krakoa taking more? Because one plant is messing up a whole garden. What's mm-hmm. one doing to the plant? What's one island? Yeah. One, yeah. So yeah, I think there's a lot of potential there for a story on like, oh, Krakoa wasn't helping us all along. We were Krakoa is going to turn out to be the bad guy again, and like, it was manipulated. Maybe we we'll get into that other that other side of Krakoa, the one that disappeared. Why oh, disappeared? Maybe, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, then we cut to magic fighting one of the members of Star Jammers in a sword fight because why not? <laughs> Heck yeah, man! Like you got nothing else to do and. You're telling me you tell me Ileana is not going to want to just have a random sword fight. <laughs> yeah, so you kind of have the Star Jammers and the New Mutants kind of bonding, having a good time, watching a fight until one of them punches Magic in the nose and she breaks. Apparently, cuts his hand, but the art doesn't show that until the next panel. Yeah, he, she cuts his arm. Art off. shows the art shows him slicing his sword. Yeah. The next panel is his hand on the floor. That's kind of weird. Uh, yeah I, I it was definitely like a weird art choice but i i do think it was funny how she's like whatever it's just a robot arm it's funny yeah <laughs> like uh, and, that's another thing about this book every character 
felt like the character. They exactly. read like they oh 100%. They did a great job on Ileana. Danny and 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 Bobby being the smug the smug ones all the time was great. I'd love the end where of this particular scene where Danny's like, everybody shut up back there. I'm trying to watch her beat the shit out of this guy. <laughs> uh, we have a quick discussion about bourbon between Kentucky bourbon. So Kentucky my man bourbon. Bobby's like, I miss I miss Sam so much. I gotta have that Kentucky bourbon. <laughs> Misses his uh, friend. We cut to Starjammer saying that they're making a stop. Uh, they say they're doing pirate stuff, right? They actually admit that, or they, they, yeah, they no, they like pirate business. Yeah, uh, they said they were helping bring supplies to a, a certain race, and now allowed to do that. And we cut to a big wanted poster of the Star Jammers, which I really like. Yeah, that's a fun. That's a fun one. Um, it's kind of a page about the rules of this particular area they're in. Yeah, which is a space station called Benevolence. Yes, which, and one of the big black is don't steal the king egg yes so naturally that's what we're doing but one thing i i didn't notice myself when i read this i I forgot about it i saw it later that benevolence was mentioned in powers of x as during i think more ninth life so it was like the year 100 place you know Mm -hmm. where benevolence was listed as one of the last outposts for mutant kind so at some point in that lifetime benevolence became like the space Krakoa. Nice. All right. So we basically have the, what's his name again? The leader of Star Jammer and Cyclops' dad? Krakoa. <laughs> Corsair. Corsair? Corsair, yeah. Uh, we, have, we have him telling the New Mutants the rules. Like, hey, just chill here. We do our business and we'll come <laughs> back to drop you off. Simple as that. <laughs> yep. And I do and like... Basically all... <laughs> I, I do all, like the part where he lies to them. He's like, well, what are you guys most afraid of? And Rain's like, a judgy fundamentalist. And Chamber's like, people with four arms. And he's like, well, do I have bad yeah. for you? <laughs> They have four arms and they're fundamentalists. It's so dumb how like how much they're still kids. Like the, the old guy like, oh, well, here's a story that kicked the kids out of my hair. Basically, yeah. So they kind of, like, we want to know what they're doing. But Sunspot says, hey, no, I'm going to go steal his beer. And come bar with bourbon and come back and we're gonna hang out. And they said, Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, go do that, Bobby. Leaves. <laughs> the moment he leaves, they're gone. And does he say like, oh yeah, uh yeah, he's like, I, I should have seen that coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. As soon as as soon as Sunspot was like, Oh, cool, you guys agreed, and they're like, Oh, Bobby, you dummy. <laughs> yeah. You don't know your friends, they're gonna go. <laughs> but they leave and they come, they meet in the King Egg containment uh, place, yeah. Containment center, yeah. And they realize, oh, that's what you're trying to steal. The king egg, of course. Uh, then there's a big fight out with the, the Shi'ar Empire, essentially, attacking them. And yeah, they're trying so, to defend themselves. Yeah, the Shi'ar basically stop magic from teleporting back to the ship. And yes, so they shoot the, her first. Yeah, so the Star Jammer's basically like, no, oh, fuck them, dude. We, got, we told them we gave them the Shi'ar? Well, they're there. They're Shi'ar. Let's get out of here. Which I, I really love this moment because mm-hmm. the character I'll stay true to their own personality. Yeah. It's like, no, the Star Jammers, they're in it for themselves, man. Like, yeah, we are pirates. That's what mm-hmm. we do. Uh, so, and I was like, yeah. you're not my friends. My son's my friend. You're yeah, not yeah. my friend. Like, yeah, yeah. You're just the friend of my friend. It's fine. So, yeah, they, they end up leaving. And they get... they well, before leave the... that, I love yeah. the moment with, um, with Sunspot where he's like, why are you going to leave my friend? What do we do to deserve this? Oh, God. You yeah. You just took my bourbon. <laughs> like, yeah. They just you, list. You all made their plants grievances. that ruined my plants. <laughs> yeah. They list all their grievances, and he's like, uh, "Actually, 
you lost that beer or that bourbon. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, and you just lost your ride. <laughs> it was great. And I love like, the next panel. It's kind of like he's patting the back like, okay, get off my ship. Just get yep. off. Yep. And then and we now get they're stuck on uh, the, the most shield. classic Bobby line, though, where he's like, is this where I save the day? It feels like it feels like it, doesn't it? Like, just such a Bobby. <laughs> he's just talking to himself about what a yeah. great hero he is. <laughs> uh, and then now they're surrounded by Shi'ar soldiers and kind of like, well, shit. And then the next panel is a big page about a space lawyer. If you have a little trouble. <laughs> it's the justice is blind and so are we. <laughs> And best issue of the new era. So oh my God. The, it's a, it is right up there with Marauders. It's a very close tie between this oh, and Marauders. Marauders is, is yeah. so good too. But this one, this one might be number one just because of the new mutants and their history together. You know, like all that that family yes. that they are. You know, they like, felt like a family. Yeah. Yeah. So that we got, and that is the order I read it too. Thank God, because then we get this one's supposed to be in. Then we get to me the worst one of the of the past. Oh, two the weeks. worst one, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we got some differing opinions about this. I will and say though, it is not my no. X Force is what we're about to talk about. By yes. who's it by again? Benjamin Percy and who? Benjamin Percy Joshua by the way, is very good. Benjamin Percy is very good. He did a great rebirth run of uh, Green Arrow that was very good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I knew. Yeah, yeah, I read that. I do like. I do like this guy's writing. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. So I. Yeah, I guess I'll get to my grievances as we get there. But like, it just felt hectic and like not put together, which I get is probably a story choice. I think think that's why. Yeah, I think it's on purpose. That that version. I will say it's my least favorite book, but it is the one that has me with the most questions and not just. Well, I don't think this is a plot hole question. I think this is just where are you going with this question? So like Yeah, especially the ending. Yeah. It's true. doing its job. I'm very interested in the next issue. But I'm also not thrilled with the art per se. I'm not super thrilled with the story telling so far. Like I don't have any issue with the dialogue or anything like that. Like just the the, the pace of storytelling I, I was not thrilled with. All right. Well, so let's, let's begin. get into it. The book begins with this weird uh, criminal organization, assumingly, getting together and kind of plotting against mutants. But beforehand, everyone's to drop a bit of their blood on the slab so you know who a mutant is. Make sure no one in the group is a mutant. Yes. And it seems a bit odd that the mutant they send is the most, one of the ones who doesn't look human at all. Uh, well, they, it worked out. She was very lucky, if you will, because everybody's wearing masks. But she's... I mean, yeah, she wasn't lucky in the long run, apparently. No, I'm saying, like, that's how she got in. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's Domino, who's like, oh, shit, my hand is white. So <laughs> you're going to know right away without any blood test. Mm-hmm. And this mass group beats the shit out of her. And then... And it does run out, yep. Yes, and then it cuts to the team, but, like, it's not a team yet. There's no team in this book, really. It's more... No, this is, like, the setup. Situations. Yeah, because they said openly this is like the this is the Krakoan CIA essentially, yes. which makes more sense. Um, some things in this book don't make sense yet, but we'll get to that. Yes. Then we have uh, Beast, our boy, finally in a book. Ah, Beast, Hank, you're back. Yeah, studying samples on Krakoa. Of course, of course he is. 
Yeah. But then getting attacked by a monster, which brought up a really interesting question of where did the monster come from? Where did the beast come from? Exactly. This place doesn't have any indigenous life forms. Oh, exactly. Like, um, what's going on here? Yeah. So Wolverine jumps in the frame and attacks it. And he kind of makes a point about people getting soft. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought this was interesting because so far from what we've seen of Wolverine, he's been pretty much at peace. Yeah, I thought this was weird, too. This is the most feral of Wolverine. Like, this is the first time you've seen Wolverine just shirtless, running around feral style. It's now, also... if you want to assume every book is in order, you can put this in order and say, at this point, he feels he's getting too soft and getting concerned about it. It could stuff. be because this, if you if you think about it, this might have been a while since that first X Men book. He's yeah. he got his supplies from Kitty. He's probably feeling a little caged in right now, and yeah, he's probably starting to see and smell the di- you know like he's probably sensing the difference in Krakoa that we've been seeing yeah. too. So now we then we get to a page about all the security features of Krakoa, the atmosphere the fog around it, like how mm-hmm. people can't just walk up and do whatever they want. Yes. Interesting. Which was interesting. I, mean, I thought it makes sense. I also figured they'd have more. And not especially like the additional precautions of just like, we've asked private commercial and military people to just stay 200 miles away. Like you wouldn't have found a way to just forcibly do that. Like, are you there? Well, also uh, it's the idea of if you tag this island, you have... You have a bunch of superpower mutants that can do whatever they want. Yes, that is that is part of the defense system. But as we've yeah, seen, the defenses, book, ev- you have not everybody on that island has a fighting mutant power either. Yes, that is true. And this is where I think the biggest question of the book is. Now, apparently the head of security essentially is Black Tom Cassidy. I don't see a and- problem here. All right, here's the thing. It's, it's not like it's he's ever on the- been a villain. Exactly. But the thing is, on the cover, I thought, like, if you tell me a bet money on who that is, I thought it was Mr. Sinister because he's so white and pale. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a different version of Mr. Sinister. Uh, well, here's no. where you're forgetting that Black Tom Cassidy is, is Scottish. So, of course, he's so yes. pale. <laughs> well, based off his mutant power, the idea that he's the one who's chosen to become one with Krakoa and kind of keep an eye on everything felt weird. I don't know if you know his power. It's like a fire. It's like a pyrokinesis type power. His power, um, the last I saw it, which was a long time ago when I was reading Gen X, was to be able to manipulate um, like plants, like to make them act intelligently. Really? Because I always remember it being a fire. That's pyro. But didn't he have a staff with fire coming out of it? Wasn't that his thing? I don't remember a staff with fire coming out of it. Maybe maybe he had a staff at some point that was also magical. I don't know, dude. Yeah, and he was best friends with um, Juggernaut. Also, that is true. They have a very lovely relationship. These those two. Which I wonder if that's ever going to get addressed because Juggernaut, depending on the continuity, Juggernaut is a mutant. Yeah, depending on the continuity you're going with. Yeah. So that could be. Yeah. So we see how his process works and what he sees. Yeah, which I think is really cool. The thing I'm confused about, though, like his power is to make plants basically come alive, if you will, like give them intelligence, his intelligence. But Krakoa is alive and Krakoa does have its own intelligence. So why does Krakoa need it? Maybe like a secondary secondary system in case Krakoa is focusing. Maybe, yeah. 
That's the only thing I think of. Yeah. Anyway. So he's surprised by the Marauders coming aboard. Yes. He's a, he's a little like, hey, what was going on? Yeah, he doesn't like that they're coming this way and not through a portal. Yeah. And, okay, so this is another thing I thought was kind of weird because we see Gene coming out to see what's going on and to check on everyone. We didn't see them rescue Colossus. No, we didn't. We didn't know, like, we, but we saw the end of their mission in Russia. So all I can assume is at some point they went back to Russia to get yeah. more mutants, and that's when they found Colossus, I'm guessing. So I, that's why I thought it was kind of weird they wouldn't put that in the book because Kitty mm-hmm. and meeting again. Yeah, like, it was like, so, like this could be um maybe the next issue of marauders is this story that we're kind of seeing here like we're seeing the end of that story here because our nose is still messed up in this yeah. picture so it's still relatively new but yeah, yeah it, it did feel weird that like this is one of my issues with it. it's like where is this coming from a lot of the, a lot of important stuff you seem to have just done off panel yes i will agree with that yes uh next we cut to a kind of mysterious group Getting on a plane. Yes. Uh, from what I, from my previous knowledge, we don't know who they are. I don't know who they are. I, I heard them. I heard on Twitter that they're the Reavers, and that. Oh, okay, that makes sense. If you read the script in the back, which I did not, at some point, um, Percy Benjamin re- refers to them as, or is it Benjamin Percy? Yeah, Benjamin Percy Benjamin refers Percy. the refers to them as the Reavers in the script. Percy Jackson. Um, so yeah. Percy Jackson is out there <laughs> writing X Men books, and we love it. So we see him getting on a plane, being nefarious, and then it cut to Xavier, and we have Xavier and which mutant is this one controlling? I guess Sage. Sage. Okay. Yeah. Uh, kind of controlling access to the portal, I guess. So we, I do like that we get a little deeper into the process of controlling Krakoa. It's not just yes. Krakoa. It's a whole network of people. Yeah, from what we saw previously, it was primarily what we saw in House of X and, and Powers of Ten. It was Sage and, and Doug that did most of the control with Krakoa. So yes. now we're seeing, well, Black Tom Cassidy has a role to play. Mondo probably has a role to play. and. I'm sure there are many other people that we will be introduced to. So then we cut to Xavier going to Sokovia and kind of getting welcomed and everyone loving him. Now, this is also where the art was kind of funky for me. Because yeah. it's something in his food, in his, in his wine. Yeah, it looks like, yeah, just like a black dot, but I'm assuming it's some kind of tracker or some kind of thing. And he kind of glad hands with people a little bit. We cut back to... Um, How does Charles not know that's in there, though? He you can't read their reading fucking everyone's minds. mind. Yeah, you assume he's reading everyone's mind. You, he's just going to walk over to a hostile nation and be like, everything's cool, I don't have to bother reading their minds? Which goes into play what I think is happening with the ending, but we'll get to that. Yeah, I, yeah. I th- we probably have the same theories about what's happening at the end. We just yeah. maybe don't like the execution of it. <laughs> uh, so then we have a healer helping all these mutants they kind of got back on the Marauder's boat, including... Mm-hmm. Uh, Colossus, and oh, I'm Peter. deep history with him, but I will admit I don't feel the history, like comparing it to New Mutants, I don't feel the history between Gene and Colossus. No. Yeah, so I, don't, I don't feel it here. Yeah. I feel very much like Gene is just is just doing medical work and just feels bad for somebody the way a nurse would feel bad for a, a badly injured patient. And we don't know exactly what happened to Colossus, which might play into the book later, but she I'm mentioned... Hoping. Everywhere, not just physically, mentally. Something yeah. happened. Yeah. 
And uh, we cut back to the plane where everyone's freaking out because the plane's crashing and all the, I guess, reavers are acting very calm. And they basically blow up an entire plane just to jump out of it and do a direct attack on Krakoa, which I do like. Yes. I like the idea of like this, the distraction of a crashing plane and then these four people just jumping out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes kind of sense as far as a good way to try to attack Krakoa. Yeah. Um, Black Ops group. Like, almost like they're the X-Force of this book, and they're the ones trying to take out someone. That's what it felt like, yeah. Uh, and then we see Black <clears throat> being suspicious about what's going on, naturally. He sees, like, the... I guess you're supposed to assume it's pieces of the plane falling and not. No, you see, you see it as them, like because their their orders themselves are clusters, stay tightly together. Um, so they, they look like wreckage, right? No, I had to read it twice to get this. It's so that they look like one person. They are making Krakoa think that it's Domino falling. The Domino. Oh, uh, that's back. why they thought it was Domino. Okay, and okay. so if. If you go and look at the Reavers when they take off their clothes and jump out of the plane, they all have white strips on them that mm. kind of look like those might be pieces of Domino's skin. Okay, interesting. That they might be using to infiltrate Krakoa to, like, from the DNA aspect of it. So we're assuming Domino's been captured and maybe even tested on or something. Okay. Yeah, because earlier they're like, we've lost contact with Domino. And now like, oh, hey, Domino's back. She's just falling down. And that's why that's why uh, Black Tom Cassidy's like I don't I don't like this. This doesn't feel right. Like why yeah. would she be coming in like this? And we get that with him talking to Xavier saying he doesn't like the way this is being run. Yeah. And we also see real quickly um, Wolverine eating, just kind of being feral again, eating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this is what's kind of heartbreaking. We just get a shit ton of gunshots. We see someone's head explode. Yeah, somebody's mom right in front of them. Yeah. Uh, and she's like holding her dead body. Yeah, this was a very running. upsetting issue for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's kind of showing the imperfections in paradise, I guess. When people, yeah, I mean, it, it's a powerful one, and you see them all, the heroes all rushing to save people. And, and there's that one shot of the, like just the the reavers massacring people, like even looking like they're getting poor Boom Boom there. And I did love this moment with Wolverine when he's going, "No, no, no!" It's like. Yeah. Moment he's been dreading since he got there, basically. and it's almost like he's saying it to himself too, right? Like, yeah. no, no, like, like I can not see why a Wolverine book would be spinning off based on this issue. Yeah, um, of course they shoot at Wolverine. You see a more feral beast because, like, you're, again, you're attacking our paradise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Beast Fuck clearly you. kills like, this guy. <laughs> beast yeah, murders this guy. There's no <laughs> he way definitely murdered him. Uh, Black Tom Cassidy fighting back. Now this is where I get suspicious of the ending because. Well, before we get to that, uh, we see Gene kind of like using more old school Gene powers rather yeah. than uh, anything we've seen recently. Like using exactly, yeah. fly in the air and stuff like that. Yeah, she's clearly not the, the Phoenix. Yeah. We see Tom Cassidy killing. People. Oh, what a good scene, too, where he basically <laughs> uses the earth to come up and like just torture that person. Yeah. Uh, Wolverine digs the shit out of one of them, like just mm-hmm. ripping. And then they hear one gunshot. And it is, of course. They're all freaking out as Xavier. All right. So it ends with Charles Xavier being shot in the head. Yes. Now, here's the thing. Before we even get to the implications of this, we know from House of X and Powers of X that this wouldn't really stop anything because everyone's... 
in like Shi'ar crystals in space and other storage devices. And then you have the five who could still bring back Xavier. They would just need another telepath as strong as Xavier or close enough to Xavier to, to finish the process. Because you'd have to kill at least like Emma and Jean and, mm-hmm. and Xavier yeah. to end the process, basically. That's my thought process, too. Like, obviously, so, he's not gone. No, no, of course not. Uh, I think this was planned. I think Xavier wanted this to happen. And to I, I think so, too. Yeah. Which is why it upsets me even more because there are so many other ways to get people to realize you need more security than massacring innocent people and their mothers right in front no, of no, them. No, I don't think that's why. I think he planned this to see who their true enemies are and how far they're willing to go. So, you, oh, you think he allowed them to get in? Yes. Okay. So he let them... He knew that the tracking device was in in there, yeah. And he went ahead and did it anyway. And so, either way, he basically let all these people be massacred because he knew they were going to they were going to come attack. But he also knows they're going to come right back to people who are. I know, people. but the psychological damage though that the, sure, you might yes. get your mom back. <laughs> but you always have to live with that image of her head being blown off while you held her hand. You know, because like, we're we're also assuming the average public doesn't have a clue about the five that resurrect people. No, I, I'm hoping they don't. Yeah. So if you don't, then if your goal is I'm going to kill Xavier and end all this shit, mm-hmm. think you did it, and then uh, next day you see Xavier standing right there in front of you. Or do you? Or part of is part of his plan to make the world think he's dead to make them more sympathetic to the mutants there, and he'll Possibly, just kind of yeah. live in in quiet. That yeah, way he sits could, on the that, quiet council. That could be it too. Uh, but yeah, it, it definitely feels like this was basically a catalyst that is being used to either say to the rest of the world, this is why we need, this is why we have to defend ourselves now or why we have a strong military or to, to rationalize to themselves why they need something like the X-Force, why they need to start a covert missions themselves. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like that it's planned. And the other side of that is it wasn't planned. Like it wasn't planned by Charles or allowed to happen by Charles. In which case that sucks too, because really your Island was that easy to get into. (laughs) Like, yeah. So either way, I'm not happy with exactly why they're doing it. I think if it's planned, it makes sense because it proves a point in multiple directions. Yeah. (laughs) It proves a point to the residents not to get too comfortable because you're like, you're never fully safe, Mm -hmm. but it proves, it proves a point to the outside world and you know who your real enemy is. Yeah. I, I think there's more benefits in planning it than not. Like I said, this book is not my favorite, but it does leave me with a lot of questions that I want to see answered. Yeah. So I am I'm intrigued for sure to go forward with this book. Yeah. Uh, this So for me, I'd say four stars for me. I, I really like it. And, I would uh, give this one three stars too. Three yeah. stars? Yeah. Uh, well, at least we agree that New Mutants is five stars. New Mutants is as many stars as I can give it. <laughs> All right. So that's this this batch of X books of the Dawn of X. And next week we have Fallen Angels number one and X-Men number two. Yes. Correct. That's what we, that's, and, yeah. and then the week after that is some other ones. 
The week after that, I have the charger here. We have Marauders and Excalibur. So when we come back in two weeks, we will have we have four books to talk about next time. We're gonna have to do faster summaries, my friend. Uh, is this all right? So for those of you who don't know, the first batch of books spell out X Men. Yes. Now I don't know what they're gonna spell. What are they spelling now? That's what I'm seeing. It spells X Men again. No, it doesn't. Okay. Now it doesn't, it doesn't spell anything. Oh, okay. But the first batch does spell X Men. I thought that was really, That's really cool. Yeah. All right, all right. So one other thing, we did get a new iTunes review from our friends at the podcast. Isn't an X Men? Thank you guys. Thank you. So thank you to Katie who wrote us a five star review that it is a fun and funny deep dive into the new X Men books. And thanks for clarifying a lot of Hoxbox for me. Can't wait for more. Sweet. Thank you for reviewing. And please, all of you, review, say whatever you want, comments, criticisms. We want, we want it all, man. We want it all. We can take your criticisms. Right. Cool. So, Josh, you feel satisfied? Everything good? Get it off your chest? I got it off my chest, man. I said everything I needed to say. Um, oh, wait. We did get some questions real late. <laughs> we'll oh, we answer these on Twitter. Yeah, we do have questions. Do you want to answer these on Twitter? Yeah, let's go, let's go for it. Right okay, now, so we have a few parts. <laughs> Let's do it live. Okay, we'll do it live. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> there's your explicit content. So these are from our other our other podcasting friends, uh, Mutant Musings podcast. The first part is: Do you think Apocalypse is secretly an anime magical girl? And part <laughs> part two of this is: When do you think we'll see him transform? <laughs> I feel like you've watched more anime than me, so you probably get this more than I do. I have uh, in in true anime and tokusatsu form. Uh, if he's going to transform, it's going to be when he's shocked and he'll explode and a beautiful one will fly out in an epic uh, burst of light and energy. Awesome. Okay, we'll go with that. And then <laughs> do you think maybe even hope Black Tom is going to continue to get a lot of focus going forward? I do. I really like this. Yes, it's, a, it's the most interesting he's been yeah. in decades. I am really excited to see more of, of this. Yeah, Tom. I like this. Maybe we can okay. stop black tom anyway um, yeah we got to figure out something about that it wasn't cool back then we really got to do something if, if anyone should have a new name for themselves it's the guy who's attached to koa doing his own thing yeah 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 and hey, just call me tom this, this it's, tom. Tom, is tom is fine tom is fine cast tom it's, it's 2019 you don't you can drop the big cast i don't know whatever you want to call him. <clears throat> so nick my friend if people have twitter questions specifically for you where can they find you you can find me at madman3005 on twitter same name on Instagram. Very cool. If you happen to have questions for me, I want to know more about my is Krakoa Florida theory. You can find me at Xbrarian. It's just like oh, can I give one X. last uh, can I give one last suggestion for the week? If you're not reading all X Men book, people should really read the new image book, Undiscovered Country. Oh, by cool. and uh, Scott Snyder. Very uh, cool. If you don't know, basically the premise is out America closed all its borders for 30 years. No one knows what happened to America for the past 30 years. And a group of reporters are going there right now to see what's happening. Oh, wow. That's a really weird and timely premise. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's really good. It's like, it, to me, and someone said online, it could be Image's next Walking Dead book. Oh, wow. Like, well, good, because they need one. Yes, they do. They do need one. <laughs> So that's my cool. kind of uh, suggestion of the week if you're not only reading X-Men books. I only do read X-Men books, so I don't have any suggestions for the week. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. All right, so, take us home, Nick. So we'll see you guys next time. It's going to catch on. It's going to catch Don't give me that look. It's going to catch on. Goodbye, Bye, guys. everybody. <laughs>